Hello, family, and welcome to Kingwood Methodist. In John 4.23, Jesus states that a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. As we gather at church and open God's word, we are not just coming together for the sake of gathering, but also to learn the truth of God and how we can grow to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. As we continually surrender our lives to the Word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become the type of worshipers our Heavenly Father seeks. Let's dive in together. Reading from Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and is what expecting a child while they were there the time for the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn a son she wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night an angel of the lord appeared to them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were terrified but the angel said to them do not be afraid I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. These have been the scriptures, the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Oh 
It gets busy around this place on December 24th. Everybody jumps in to do their little part of the task and to try to get things all ready to welcome people in this day. And so the day started in a very kind of odd way just before the five o'clock service. Look to your left and look to your right. Do you see these beautiful candles that are in the windows? I gave the instructions to the five o'clock ushers. Hey, make sure you light these candles at the ends of the pews. Well, they did that and they had some time left over. And then they went to the windows to light those candles. Barbara, why would that be a problem? Because they're battery operated. <laughs> and I saw them sort of a... It's such an odd feeling as a pastor when you're wanting to welcome everybody. And from the Narthex area, you hear the pastor going, No! Don't light that! It's a bit of a surprise. The story of Christmas, the story we've heard in the scripture... There's no surprise here, friends. I'm, I'm quite certain 
that this Christmas, you know the story, you hear the story, Maybe it enlivens in your memory, but I doubt there's anything brand new I can share about this story that's been shared for over 2,000 years. And this Christmas, rather than focusing on the reality that brings most everything about this story to our forefront, celebrating the birth of a child in Bethlehem that'll change the world, I want to focus on how that change can happen in you and me if we kneel beside the manger in Bethlehem. How will the one who changes the world change your world? How will this birth of Christ in your heart transform you, making you more outwardly focused and inwardly devoted to an intimate relationship with Christ? And unless you don't like changing diapers or your name is Herod, this night doesn't really challenge us much at all. It simply brings a moment of celebration. The child cries in the night, said Matt Leroy several weeks ago in the wake-up call, and all of hell shudders. But can't we let it be both? Both to celebrate this reality where God changes the world and then where it changes you and me. How do we be outwardly focused? I have a very simple example for you how to be outwardly focused. I did not, I did this handout, the half sheet that some of you got. This did not go to our graphics artist. It was only proof by one person. If there's any error in it, it's all me. I just thought I wanted to do this around this message. One way you can join in the outwardly focused is there's this amazing group of people called the Prayer Shawl Ministry. These women who together get together every Wednesday down in the lounge outside the music suites and they, they knit things together. They make prayer shawls that are distributed. They have invested over 16,000 hours making prayer shawls. Prayer shawls that go with people either in anticipation of a procedure or a difficult season of life. And so... Um, it's blessed so many people. So I just decided, let's have a prayer shawl shower. Now, you need to understand something about prayer shawls and these women who knit and stitch. They're kind of like golfers. As I shared with you, I'm kind of particular about the golf balls that I like to play, and most every golfer is. Prayer shawl people are kind of golfers on steroids about their yarn. Amen. There we go. I knew I'd have at least one amen come up, right? So the half sheet describes to you how you can, maybe in returning some presents or doing some online shopping, you might bless them to bless others. I don't understand what a scheme is, but evidently when you go there, you will know. But there's a half sheet that tells you about that. And if you would like to join with this amazing group of people, it's on Wednesday afternoons outside the music suites. All the information is here. It's one example of how the church exists to create environments for us to be outwardly focused in what we do. Whether it be through Society of St. Stephen, whether it be going to the Houston Food Bank with our families after Christmas, we exist to welcome people in and inspire them to be outwardly focused. Let me challenge you this year, when you kneel beside the manger, let the love of Christ so impact you that you'll be outwardly focused with your life. But it's not simply a matter of being outwardly focused. We must have an ability to be inwardly devoted. 
in July of this year, I saw my doctor again for the second time. I saw, well, not the second time, but I saw him a year ago in July. And he said, Bert, you're getting older. You're going to have to watch your blood sugar, blood glucose. Now, friends, my temptation is anything like Bluebell, Brahms, Freddy's, Donut Shops, you name it. I love sugars. He said, yeah, it's showing, okay? It's showing. He said, I'm going to give you this, this little pill. It's called a metformin. I want you to clean up your diet, take this metformin pill, and you should be back on track. And so what I heard was, I got a pill. I can keep going to Freddy's. I can keep going to Brahms. I don't care what the flavor of the month is at Whataburger. If it's a Dr. Pepper, if it's a pumpkin, I, I didn't change anything. In fact, if anything happened, because I was taking this pill, I thought I had a free pass. And I just kept consuming. So I saw the doctor in July. He said, Bert, uh, things aren't going the right way. Are you doing what I told you to do? I said, sure, I'm taking that pill. He said, what are you doing about your diet? I said, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I take the pill, right? I don't have to worry about what I eat. He said, no, it doesn't work like that, Bert. You're getting older. It doesn't work like that. Some of you young people need to understand. It's going to catch up with you, okay? You can't have a Snickers for breakfast every day and it not catch up with you. I'm an example of that. I'm a well-rounded gospel preacher now. <laughs> and so he said, I'm going to give you an opportunity. What I want you to do is, he prescribed me a thing called a continuous glucose monitor. Something was in the back of my arm. He said, I want you to see what the different foods you consume do to your body. Because if you don't, you're going to be a diabetic. I said, wow, I don't want that. I've made a lot of changes. I've, I've actually been able to see that. I've, I've learned so many things about my own body. But here's why I tell you that story about inward devotion. Friends, is, is your life at times thinking that if I just go to church once a week, if maybe I, I just pick up that social media statement from C.S. Lewis or Scripture or some great gospel preacher, if I just pick up these things, will it infuse my life so that I can continue to consume whatever I want? And nothing will change? How do you start your day? I just want to take sort of that clear aim in this. You know the story. Do you know your story? Of how your life needs to be transformed with an inward devotion. On this back side of the sheet, I want to remind you, here are the things that we've been challenging and inviting people into their walk of Christ. First, how will you let the Messiah of the Major Bethlehem change your daily devotional life? What do you look at when you first wake up in the morning? Do you pick up the news feed? I can name anyone. I can name four news feeds that pretty much will upset everybody across the political spectrum. So insert your favorite app news feed. Is it the first thing you look up in the morning? And all of them are the same. They're going to tell you the most sensational story with a particular slant to get your blood pressure up. Right? This commercialized aspect. Do you look at the weather? Do you look at what's going on in the world? Do you look at Facebook? Oh, that's a really great place for inspiration a lot of times. There's some good things on there, but, you know, what I learned when I had this monitor is I had to start my day eating a certain way. And what it did is it, it postured my whole physical system to keep a level with my blood sugar throughout the day. All right, I learned how do you start your day and how you start your day will set your life in a trajectory spiritually as well. Do you start in the scriptures? I want to encourage you to know that the wake-up call that's listed in this sheet of paper 
if you, if you have one, you can take a picture in your phone with it. It's called the wake-up call. It's a great way to start the day every day with a scripture and a devotional thought. How are you doing with that? And how are you moving through your day? Remember in September, we leaned into how to get your life back and we emphasized um, John, Orber, John Eldridge's book, um, Get Your Life Back and the Daily Pause. And there's the link to the Daily Pause. I invite you to think about a daily devotional book that you might want to purchase. But best of all, friends, what you can do is you can simply start by getting a study Bible and opening up the Bible or opening up the app, the Bible app, and just start with reading Scripture. It will set your day in a trajectory that will set your spiritual posture for the rest of the day. How are you doing with your outward focus and your inward devotion? And Weems says it this way, when the holy child is born into our hearts, there is a rain of stars, a rushing of angels, a blaze of candles. This God burst into our lives. Love is running through the streets. I love that imagery. But in order to let love run through the streets, in order to let this one who changes the world, you have to make your life available to be changed by him as well. So let me invite you into these practices and reflect on this. Know the whole story that we'll share in a moment as you come to receive communion. As we lift our candles and sing Silent Night and feel really good, it is not like a spiritual pill that allows you to simply say, I can now consume whatever I want. Watch what you consume spiritually. Be outwardly focused. Be inwardly devoted. Kneel beside the manger in Bethlehem and know that the one who's cradled in Mary's arms comes not just to save the world, comes to save you in your world. And that is the great good news that will never change. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.